Welcome to ICU, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Let's be friends. Welcome to the ICU podcast, episode 23, My 30-Year-Old Secret, I'm Gay, with Stacey Harkey. Things have been a little nutty around here. Some of you who might follow my Instagram or my Facebook know that my husband just recently accepted a job down at BYU. We live up here in Davis County, so we are just running around like crazy trying to sell our house and then signing off on building a house down south. And it's all sorts of awesome, exciting things, uh, but it's a little stressful and crazy. So I feel like I'm a little bit spacey today. Mostly my house is just so dang clean because there's showings all the time, but my hair is not as clean. My hair is not as clean as my house. That's kind of what it looks like right now. Okay, so the review for this week is from Lucky J 11 and it's entitled Compassion Goals. They gave it a five-star review. Because of this podcast, I'm setting two goals for myself for the coming year. To make an effort to see others and especially to let others see me. I've been in the habit of keeping my personal struggles to myself and not connecting with others because what if I say something wrong or if I'm awkward? Thanks for helping me challenge those mindsets and helping me reach out more. That's awesome. I would love to hear how your goals go, Lucky J11. Yeah, I think it's huge. I think it's huge to let people really see you without any other barriers in the way. I love that review, especially for this episode as we talk to Stacy Harkey about the things that he's done in his life to be vulnerable and to be seen as, as he is his pure, most powerful self. Thank you for leaving a review. As always, please subscribe and leave a review so I can feature you on here. All right. I'm pumped. I had the awesome opportunity to interview Stacy Harkey, who has been in quite a few headlines, if you Google him right now, for coming out that he's gay. And not just that he's gay, but he's an active member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he's most commonly known in the stand-up comedy group Studio C, which is now transitioning to JK Studios. And he's hilarious. If you haven't seen him, you need to go YouTube Studio C. Stacy's just a stud. He's a ton of fun, but I wasn't expecting just to really find out what a beautiful soul he was as he interviewed. We crashed at my mom's house to do, to do an interview down there. I had been house hunting all morning and he had a ton of stuff he was doing, but we made it happen. And I'm so glad we did. As I listened back to the interview and thinking of the help that it could be for other people. And I really do believe that, that he's changing history in a really beautiful, important way. Everything about the interview was awesome, except for one major super annoying problem. And that is that my mic wasn't working. And so I have this thing where every once in a while, it's like my mic doesn't work. And I don't know what it is, but we just rolled with it. And we just recorded on my internal mic on my laptop. And it's okay, y'all, because this message needs to get out there and a mic isn't going to stop us, right? Of course, you know, I plug it in at my house and it's working just fine now, right? Because that's how that works. I can't wait for you to hear it. Let's do this. Here is Stacy Harkey. All right. We are super excited to have Stacy Harkey here with us. Thank you. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Did I say your name right? Stacy Harkey? Stacy Harkey. Is Harkey? It, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, awesome. Um, I'm going to introduce Stacy real quick. Uh, I just Googled your name. You're on Google, which is sweet. It says <laughs> Stacy Harkey is an actor and writer known for Studio C 2012, Saints and Soldiers, The Void. You were in that? <laughs> I was. You were in that. It's so funny. I own that and I did not know you were so in funny it. About me. That's how big my part is, is you can watch the movie, pay and close not know attention and never see me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. And we love you, Sally Carmichael. Yes. A very, another very tiny role. Hey, a role's a role. <laughs> a role's a role. A role my, a If role. my name's in IMDb, I'm good. Yes, totally. So I know you from seeing clips on Studio C and now you've transitioned to JK Studios. Is that correct? Yes. Cool. So we quit Studio C. We started JK Studios and um, we're rolling out our first show in like the end of January. Very cool. I feel like that's a really lame one-liner introduction. So I actually asked a few of your friends. Oh, you did? <laughs> no, you didn't. I may have messaged some of the cast members on Studio C and just said. So I'm like trying to decide if I should have you guess who's who oh or if I just need to. Oh my goodness. I would love to guess. Okay. There's four. Okay. Ooh, which one should I choose? I have okay. to be honest. I actually saw the first two names. So ah, you should okay. like, you I didn't see any of that order, they okay. wrote. So you should like, yeah. No, no. Just don't even worry about it. Okay. okay. Stacey always wants feedback. Whenever someone gives notes on a performance, a business strategy, or even in a social context, Stacey is always taking notes and trying to apply himself. He holds himself and others to a high standard in the most compassionate ways. I'd say Stacey gives tough love, but I want to emphasize the love aspect. He will be direct in his expectations of you. So if he knows you, it can be better. He'll tell you, but he will also wrap his arms around you and be there for you no matter what. He's the best kind of friend you could ask for, honest, encouraging, and always down always has like five L's by the way always <laughs> down for those deep painful healing one-on-ones this has to be Whitney yep <laughs> is that Whitney? Oh, you got it yep okay I love her that's the sweetest that's the sweetest thing right yeah um okay I love Stacy's insanely genuine desire to connect with and assume the absolute best of those around him he'll joke it's some form of Texan hospitality that's been instilled in him but I grew up in Texas too and have nowhere near the amount of openness and trust he gives people almost reflexively most strangers meeting him assume they're his best friend within about five minutes and it's incredibly lovely oh that's Steven <laughs> yeah okay one of the things I love most about Stacy is his dependability. Rain or shine, I know that I can call him at whatever time and he will be there for me. Like seriously, I could have a flat tire in Boise, Idaho at 3 a.m. and I know if I called Stacy, he would drive up from Provo and help me fix it. That is not an exaggeration. That is Stacy Harkey. And that's Jason. <laughs> they kind of gave you the some Boise, clues. Yeah, the Boise, I didn't tell him we we're going to be getting I didn't, I didn't know he thought of me as, as super dependable, so that's like, it's kind of sweet. Yeah, it's super sweet. That he was the guy. first one to the sun. Aww. He sounds adorable. Okay, and then and this last one, there are so many things I love about Stacy. He is a true friend and is constantly thinking about others. He is a fun, energetic light in my life when things get dark. He's the kind of friend that I know I can call in tears day or night, and he's going to help me put myself back together again. I know that because it's happened. He is a ray of sunshine and joy, and I love him so much. He is an amazing example of hard work, faith, and loyalty. Stacy is one of my very best friends, and I am forever grateful that he is in my life. Oh, Sounds a little more vague. This is from the cast? Or it's like JK Studios? Yeah. Okay, it's either, I feel like it's either, oh, no, I'm feel really bad if I miss this one. <laughs> the it, other ones are like, bam, bam. <laughs> is it, it's either Mallory or Natalie. Yeah. Is it Mallory? It's Natalie. Natalie? Okay. Natalie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I feel the same about both of them. So I was like, oh, those could either be ones or I'd be like, no one else. No one else. You come to cry on my shoulder and be like, nope. But if it's Mallory or <laughs> Natalie, I'll be like, yes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love it. Tell us a little about yourself. Hobbies, family. Well, I feel like you already got the glowing praise. Yeah. All true. Mm-hmm. I am amazing. I just want to throw that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but I grew up, yeah, I grew up in Texas. I um, grew up in a family of four. My parents divorced when I was 10. My mom remarried on my mission. Um, they adopted a little little girl from China, a little redhead stepbrother. We're just like a beautiful, little diverse family. That's that's all you need to know. No, I'm I'm pretty much always down for an adventure. Yeah. I'm pretty straightforward with people, but it's always a surprise because people are like you're so nice, but I'm like I can also be. 
incredibly honest with you. Also a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> like, not cruel, but just like, I'm pretty straightforward. Yeah. So. You're not passive. I yeah. appreciate that. I'm a pretty assertive person like that. So it's nice. You know, you know what you're getting. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Totally. So Stacy, we're just going to jump right in. And will you first start by reading the post that you posted on December 19th? Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. So funny because I've never read this out loud. So. Oh, really? <laughs> first time. <clears throat> All right. Here's your fact of the day. I'm gay. I've debated for quite some time if this was an announcement I should make publicly or if I should just quietly live my life and let it be. I knew telling the world my 30-year-old secret would open me up to a lot of potential criticism, backlash, and pain. But did you know that Utah has the highest suicide rate amongst LGBT teens? Did you know there are so many people in this community that are so scared and unsupported that they feel the best alternative to living is death? So many people are living quiet lives, afraid and unsure of themselves, and I'm coming out for them. I'm coming out so they know that they're not alone. I'm coming out in hopes that at least one LGBT teen feels like they have support. I'm coming out because I have a unique position in this community, and no matter how much criticism comes my way, it will be worth it if just one person avoids suicide or just feels better about themselves. I am so sorry it took me so long to share, but it's been a long journey of self-discovery, and I am not ashamed of who I am. A little while back, I found myself at an ultimate low, praying and begging God for answers, pleading for direction and guidance. In that moment, I felt so much peace and love. I instantly felt like this part of myself that I've grown to demonize is an integral part of who I am. This part of myself that I've spent my whole life fighting isn't my enemy. This part of myself that I've shoved into a dark dungeon deserves light. It was the sweetest feeling, and it taught me that God expects me to be who he made me to be, and expects me to develop myself and magnify who I am. You are so important. Believe me when I say that you are needed. This community needs you and the beautiful hues you bring to it. If you need or want to talk, please text me, call me, message me. No matter if you're gay or straight, come talk to me if you have any questions and it'll stay between us. Mm. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. That's everything I've ever hidden in my life. (laughs) There it is. It's all out on the table. Everyone knows my secrets. (laughs) It's all good. It's a good way to live. I love it. Tell us about your experience with coming out publicly last month. I mean, it hasn't been, it hasn't even been a month. No, it's been so recent. So I feel like as a friend put it, it's like I got my letter to Hogwarts. Like I've always been gay, but I've never been a part of the community in a sense. I've never participated. Until just barely. And so it's like, now I can, like, I can claim this title and I can do, you know, more, which isn't how it should be. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that's kind of how it was for me. It has been so positive. I wrote out a list of pros and cons about coming out publicly. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, it was a lot of debate. The closer I got to the closer I was like, maybe I don't, maybe I don't need to. Maybe I can just like, you know, just be normal about it. Because a piece of me feels kind of vain where it's like, everyone look at me. I'm gay. And it's like, that's not. That's not what I wanted to do, right? That's not the goal. Right. Is to show solidarity to this community. Especially in this area, Mm -hmm. in this kind of community, it's a very highly concentrated Christian community. Yeah. These people, like the gay community does not have support. The LGBTQ community does not have support. Right. And does not feel love um, like most people do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can go out and be like, this is a strong Christian community. I feel like most people are operating on those values. And I think when you're coming from you know, perspective of being LGBT, you don't feel that same love. Mm. And so that community feels really ostracized and can probably feel kind of weak here. Just kind of isolated. Yeah. And I think part of it isn't that people hate this community. I don't think that's like the aspect. I think it's just something that's so not talked about. Exactly. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And it's something that's so, um, 
man. So I, I offered myself, I was like, people reach out. I did not realize how many people were going to take me up on the offer. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of messages. I was responding to messages really? until like 6 a.m. through the night on like over the holidays. Um, wow. Well, dude, thanks for responding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. It took, it took me a while I'm to like, get I'm back. I'm not gay, but we'll be on my podcast. <laughs> There's a lot of those messages too. Not about podcasts, but they're like, I'm not gay, but I have these questions. Right. But um, so many kids and young adults and older adults were like, I don't know how to talk to my family. I've heard these offhand comments. It's like, you never know. You never know who around you could be gay, you know, or LGBT. Yeah. So it's been overwhelmingly positive. It's been kind of mind boggling how positive it was. I just wasn't prepared for that. I planned for the worst, hope for the best and pretty much the best came. And I've got some negative res- responses and yeah. it'd be weird if I didn't, I'd be like something's not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they're few and far between. So, cool. yeah. So you explained a little bit in the actual post, but why did you decide to come out in the first place? You know what? Like, it's funny because I've always had this platform of like honesty and authenticity and it's, it's always funny because my friends always, I'm like, they know everything about me, like everything. Those people that like shared those little blurbs about me, they know everything about me. And there's only one secret I had and people could like see it. They weren't like, oh, you're gay. They were just like, what are you hiding? And I'd right. Like, there's something in I'd there. I'd be like, that is so not fair. I only have one. Yeah. But, um, the reason I, I came out is because I, first off my platform of authenticity, right. And being honest is just like, like what a hypocrite, right? Not that, and at the same time, it's, it's important and it's good to have boundaries. Not everyone in the world deserves to have all your private information. But, um, the main reason was, and I hate to say it this way, but I feel like a Trojan horse in this community in the sense of I've been accepted into, into some very strong homes with strong Christian values. And sometimes they have the least exposure to some of these elements of life and people that are different Mm -hmm. than them. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I have a unique position to reach people that, may not have been really receptive to messages earlier from this community. You know what I mean? 100%. And I also have the chance to reach the children and the young adults in these communities or in these families that have had no exposure to anyone to like ever make them feel loved or accepted in this degree. Mm-hmm. And these are the kids that are like hurting. I mean, like a lot of people are hurting all over, but in this community, there are so many children that are hurting because they are so scared. They're like, they've heard their parents say offhandedly, oh, that's disgusting, gay people in a show, or that's mm-hmm. terrible, I could never. And they don't realize that their kids are gay or that their mm-hmm. kids are, you know, are, are not, you know, straight. Cast members on Studio C didn't know? No, they, they knew. They so knew. I, um, I luckily, <laughs> I, I, I it, this has been quite some time, some journey over the span of years coming home from my mission in 2010 to now. So it's been quite some time of just yeah. different phases of me going through this process. I eventually was feeling pretty good about who I was. I was past this, like the hurtful heart, hard phase. And I was talking to my best friend and he was like, dude, would you ever tell me if you were gay? And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> hold up. So I was like, oh, and so then that was a really cool chance because I was, it was so hard to say the first time I was like, I am like, I just couldn't get it out. I have heard mouth. that same thing from so many people that they're like the first time is like, it was so hard. And then like, finally it came out. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> and, uh, and he was just like, dude, I love you, man. And that's like so cool. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> and it's super encouraging of just me and being that way. And it gave me confidence. And I talked to another friend gave me more confidence. And then that's when I, I talked to my family. Cause I was like, I don't want them to find out from Facebook or from other people. Yeah, yeah. So I talked to my siblings and my parents and then I talked to, and I, I kind of lumped the cast in that same category. They're pretty much siblings. And I talked to everyone. I had like one-on-one conversations with everybody. It was a really, really cool opportunity 
to um, be more vulnerable with people. Like I grew closer to every single person I had a one-on-one conversation with. I felt like it strengthened our relationship. And I felt like I started feeling like, like how selfish I am to be like, I don't know. I was like, this is really cool. Like I can like share this really vulnerable part of my life and it's bringing us closer and my friends are growing closer and I'm like so fortunate. And that is not the case for everyone. Yeah. And so everyone I talked to with my family and, you know, people I work, I work with, which just, just gave me more and more confidence. And without that, I probably would have, it would have been rough. I can't imagine. I, I just talked to someone who said he talked to his family and they were like, his dad cried and his mom was like, we'll never mention this. And I was like, oh, if I would have got that, t- yeah, if I would have got the type of feedback, I would have been like, like, I never would have had that confidence, but I had a, had an amazing support system. I think the Lord knew I needed that. I think he had, he had PS plans for me, so <laughs> I'm not going to rule that out. Yeah, totally. Good for you. I can't imagine how good that feels. Like all out on the table. Man, I was driving down the street the other day and I was like, I am so happy. I'm so happy just to like, to be authentic with myself in that degree. So it was cool. Do you consider being gay as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Would you say that's a challenge? And not everybody that listens is a member of the Church Mm -hmm. or is even Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've explained quite a bit about it. So would you say it's a challenge and why? Oh, yeah. In all honesty. I have to be careful about this. <laughs> yeah. Because no, this is, you're getting Stacy's opinion, right? You're getting my opinion and perspective. It's not everyone's perspective. It's not the church's perspective. Oh yeah, it is. I was telling you this earlier where every single person I've talked to, and maybe it hasn't been like a, a ton, but I've talked to a lot of uh, gay people in the community that have reached out, that have grown up LDS and that are LDS. And every single person I've talked to, it's never a question of, were you ever suicidal? It's always like, when were you suicidal? And that blows my mind. It completely blows my mind that, especially in this community, the suicide rates amongst LGBT teens is so high. And I think it's naive and a little ignorant to pretend like the culture here doesn't affect that. That's like my platform now where I'm like, I wanna change that. I wanna carve out a place. I want people to know that you can be Christian and gay. Because a lot of times, I mean, in all honesty, people feel like they have to choose between the two. Right. And what a shame to feel like you have to choose between being open or honest with yourself mm-hmm. and between a relationship with God. That, oh, totally. Do you really think that's what God wants? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you really think he's like, well, it's either my way or the highway. And I think that not to say that like we're going to pick and choose and live our lives according to what we want. And God's like cool with it. But I think first and foremost, our heavenly father loves us so much you know, and he's, he's willing to work with us from where we are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, well, and uh, how do you be completely authentic and saying, we talk about this a lot with self-compassion on the podcast. How can you be completely authentic with someone by saying you are great as you are, love yourself. If you're not putting that into practice for yourself. Yeah. So if you really believe those Christian values, there's no other way. I know it's so there's true. There's no other way. It's crazy because I've had a good handful of people reach out and they're like, how I'm not gay, but how do I help my friend see this? Or how do I help you know, show love, but not support them and in their like lifestyle choices. And I want to just be like, listen, 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 God did not command us to judge others. The commandments we have been given is to love the Lord, our God, and to love one another. Those are the first two greatest commandments, right? What a great blessing that our job is to show love and, and just no judgment. Don't so love our friends. About it. Yeah, our job is to create some bomb memories and to let people know that we care. Our job is not to hold shame over someone's head or to compel someone to live the way that we think is right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for that. But I think for some reason, you know, it's like we want to do our best to be like, we want to be good Christians and we want to stand by our values. But are we pushing people away Mm -hmm. from the Lord? If Jesus was here now, would he say, listen here, you harlots, 
get out of here. No, that's not what he did. You know what I mean? I'm not saying the gay community is a bunch of harlots, but I think coming from a very conservative Christian perspective, you know what I mean? You could probably see it this way where it's like, if I show, if I'm nice to them, they'll yep. think I'm supporting oh, them. And I'll think I I'm like, totally thought that growing up. Yeah. And it's like, and I, oh, me too. When you think about it, it's like, look at Christ's example. Makes no sense. Yeah. He, he was, he was, he was amongst everybody. You know what I mean? Well, and to put the responsibility on myself that I need by how I act affects someone else supporting their life. Like it's way too much responsibility. I just feel like I'm oh. like, push it off. My goodness. I feel so good. And I'm the truest me I've ever been. Oh, you gotta it's just like, love. oh, I just got to snuggle you. Yeah. Like we're just, yeah. So have there been people in your life that have showed you compassion and or connected with you in your life that have made it easier to deal with having that specific challenge of not being gay, but being gay as an active member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because that's different. Mm -hmm. That's different. I mean, I know a lot of people where it's like people come out that they're gay and they're like, why is that a big deal? Like, of course you come out that you're gay. It's like you said, it's a little bit ignorant to think that it's not different Mm -hmm. here than it is somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yes. Friends that have made me feel loved no matter what my choices are, you know? And I think that's, that can be tough to be like, but I want to, I want to make sure people are making the right choice. Not your responsibility. Thank heavens. Love and love. Oh, that's what I was going to say is we take so much responsibility on us of like, well, you're not making the right choice or how do I help you make the right choice? I have full faith that God cares about you way more than I do. You know what I mean? Or God Mm -hmm. cares about my loved ones way more than I do. And I love those people, right? But I have full faith that God cares about them more and knows way more of what's better for them. And so by like trusting in him and letting him do his thing and knowing that God's going to take care of it, because I trust him, it was a huge burden of responsibility. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But on this note of uh, feeling compassion, man, I, people that have made me feel loved and like accepted without any um, caveats or anything. And I, and there's some people that have reached out and been like, Hey, I want you to know, I love you. Do your thing. I support you no matter what. I mean, so much. And some of these people, I have, I knew that they supported me even without them saying so. And that was something that was really special to me. And I, and I, I don't know if that comes from them being authentic or just hearing them talk about stuff, hearing them talk about communities and not being like, like I've had conversations about the LGBTQ community with my friends before. And whenever people are like showing compassion, I'm like, man, I feel like I could, I feel like this person's not going to like condemn me. You know, yeah. if I come out to them, they're going to be like accepting. And so it was, it was things like that. People just being like loving and how they talked about other communities in general or how they treated me period yeah. wasn't based on my um, activity in the church or um, my relationship status, you know, that right. kind of stuff. How have your experiences given you empathy for others who feel different because of the challenge they have? Oh my goodness. I hope this doesn't sound pretentious, but I feel really like, like I was prepped for this moment <laughs> in a sense. I'm already black in Utah and I don't know if a lot of people, I don't know if people are probably like, I don't think that's a problem, but let me tell you, it could be tough mm-hmm. being a minority in this community that has like very little exposure to black people. I was I just got, talking to a guest that's going to come on that's black in Utah and he was talking, telling me stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, I felt oh, pretty man. not with it. Most people try to be like nice, but they say some really um, insensitive things. Some people are kind of cruel about it. Some people expect me to represent all, every black person they ever meet, whether I like it or not. I'm an ambassador for the race because of that. But <laughs> something I do, people will be like, that's every black person. And so I think coming out as gay, I was like kind of prepared for that already. I kind of <laughs> had some sort of resilience where it's like people are going to say things are going to try to be nice. They're not going to understand. They're going to be mean. And it's like been there, done that. Bring it on. Yeah, you know? we're going to be fine. I, I cannot like it, being in this position. It's so hard to judge people having like beat myself up for years or hated myself a certain aspects of my life or phases. It's just like, I can't, I think there's no way I can like, you can come to me and I'm going to be ever be like, Oh, that's disgusting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
like you were saying earlier, we all have our things. And I'm not even saying like being gay is wrong. The perspective is everything, right? To some people it might be. To me it's not. To um, other people, it may, you know, just, just depends on your perspective. I'm just going to ask you a question I wasn't planning to, but I think it might be helpful to the audience. So in your post, you talk about you were at an all-time low at one point. Oh, man. Um, can, you t- can you talk to me a little bit about that process? Because I yeah. think sometimes feel like uh, people can feel like, you know, now you're over the big, hard stuff and it's a lot happier. But sometimes there's something about sitting in the pain with someone of mm-hmm. like, I know for me, that real true yeah. suffering when I was face down on that dirty tile in a bathroom pleading for Heavenly Father to just heal me. Like, it's a sacred moment. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to me about uh, what that was like? What uh, You talk about being able to feel peace and being able to feel God's love, and I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, that experience was so needed. <laughs> so needed. First of all, when was it? Can I ask? It was, man, I try to nail down this timeline. It's like I have this journal of intense feelings I have, so whenever I was like feeling just like over, over. Because like, you haven't run. told anybody till when? Like, what oh, did man. you tell people? I didn't tell a soul until the first one I told was my best friend was just like, how long ago was that? Like four Pre-mission? months ago? Oh, no. are you for like, real? Very recent. It's all been very internal, personal. You have not personal. told a soul till four not months a soul. ago? Oh, I guess certain bishops and the religious leaders. So people like tease, you know how people like tease, like, dude, you get married? Like, yeah. all that, like you oh, get all man. of it? Oh, <laughs> man. I got it all. For the longest, I'm like 30. I think at this point people were like, Dude, you're something. still lost. <laughs> you're still lost. Like, it's funny because I, like, even though I'm like big on authenticity, I'm huge on privacy. Huge. Mm. And I keep my private life pretty, like, I keep my life pretty, like, private. Mm-hmm. Not anymore, actually. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I, was, I was pretty good at, like, locking it in. But it's also one of those things that you learn at a young age to lock in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how old were you when you knew? Oh, man. Before I hit puberty, I knew I was into dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, way time ago but you learn so fast it's not like someone has to sit you down and say this is improper behavior you get those messages real quick from the way people mm. act or treat you or behavior that's not like you know it's condoned that isn't and so at a young age without having to tell you no that that is bad you know mm. especially depending on the community you grew up in because texas is pretty conservative yeah and then i grew up in a, a southern black family so it's like we got all the, you know, all the, the stereotypes of what it means to be a man or what it means to be this. Right. You know? And so I lived my life still vault. I was just like super, like always dedicated. I knew if I did everything right now, I honestly never, I didn't really call it, call it. I wasn't like, I'm gay as a kid. I was just like, I'm attracted to men, but whatever. Mm-hmm. The, may the Lord remove this thorn from my side or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I, do everything right. I was always the perfect child. Mm-hmm. Still am. I'm just kidding. <laughs> of my siblings too. But I go on my mission. I go on an LDS mission. Serve for two years in Brazil. Love Rio. Um, I come home and I'm like, all right, it's time now. I can't run from relationships. Never dated someone in high school. Can't run from relationships. It's time to do what I've been commanded to get married and to make babies. And so, uh, yeah. And so I, um, I hit the scene. I'm like super stoked. I'm mm-hmm. feeling my oats. I dated, I dated like a couple women, mm-hmm. handful of women. Like in, women, seriously. in serious relationships. Yeah. In serious okay. relationships. And they never really panned out. Surprise, mm-hmm. surprise. <laughs> but I, I also promised myself at a phase. I was like, listen, God, if you want this to work, you're going to have to help me. Cause I knew that I was attracted to men. And, but I also know that God works in mysterious ways and yeah. you know, and so I was like, yeah. right? so, so I was like, if you want this to work, you got to, you got to help me out here because I will not experiment on a woman. I will not try to fix myself with a marriage. I refuse. I was like praying. I was like, listen, I was like, so frank with my father in heaven. I was like, listen, I will not 
put someone through intense pain by playing with them will not do it so you gotta make it happen if it's gonna happen well it didn't happen <laughs> and um, I decided I was like okay well relationships aren't gonna work out so what I'll do is I'm just gonna commit to um, just being myself being quiet not quiet but just you know not talking about relationships not pursuing a relationship just being boom. and that's when I hit the low it was hard earlier to be like well this is, you know, this is rough I'm gonna try to make it work out but when I committed to like a life of loneliness is when it really really hit and I feel so fortunate I have a solid support system of friends that I work with and live with like they're like my roommates too I was just like hating myself I was at church and I was like all these blessings of this and that that I knew I would never have was just like kind of every every time we talk about it would take a, a slightly deeper dig it's like can you imagine that oh I can't imagine I just it's like being like it's like you are meant to be happy, but you, you're not. You're not you're meant not. to. Everyone else. Oh, and I want you to sit in on those conversations. And what I've always said is because there are people that talk about like, why do we have to keep talking about the gay stuff? To be honest, I'm sure you've heard that, right? Yeah. It's like They're just kind of like, why do we have to keep talking about it? And where I come to is you just need to have some reverence for the challenge that is, okay? Mm-hmm. Because someone put it really well for me. If you're planning to stay active in the church, it's not the same as if you're single, because if you're single, there's still always the hope of like, you might meet someone yeah. one day and stuff. But yeah, like I can see that would put me in an all time low. And I've, I've been not able to have children sitting in a motherhood lesson, which is not the same, but that feeling of just, I think that's a similarity. You know right? what? I don't really want to be here. And I don't really want to hear about like, how is, is great this, it is, is this for me. I mean, cause it really yeah. isn't, but I mean, I appreciate, and I, I never was like, Oh, the church or the lessons of Jesus. Ah. But I was just like, this, this just kind of hurts. Yeah. I can't imagine that with like motherhood being like, you should have kids. That's your role. Have yeah. kids. Well, it's, it's the, the greatest thing. People blessing. People like, bugging you like, so you guys have been put in nursery enough times, you know, mm-hmm. you, know you know, yeah, it's, it's the like, same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I haven't thought of it that way, but there's a lot of, yeah. Yeah. I I actually did take a lot of comfort sometimes in some of my friends, my straight friends who would be like, you know, having really hard times being lonely. It's like, I get it. I get it. And maybe, and you know, it is different being like you, they have to like, it's okay for you to like express your sexuality. Yeah. It was like, it was comfort being like, well, there's a lot of lonely people and hopefully we can, you know, buoy each other up. But it came to a point where I was on the verge of a mental explosion. I was, I found myself at home and I was just pissed. Excuse my French. <laughs> but I was just, I was angered. And I was, I was, I was like, we were being God. We're about to have a very frank conversation. Because mm-hmm. I was at the point, you know, the point where you're saying your prayers and you're like, thank you. Thank you so much. I was like dropping the these and the vows. And I was like, look, father. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk. And afterwards, I oh, apologize. Totally. I was please God know that I was I was just angry. I don't strike me down. Totally. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, so disrespectful. But I was like, look, God, I need to know what you want me to do. Because if you intend for me to live this life, living this, keeping the secret to myself, being this like sad person, fighting this aspect of who I am, beating myself up about it, then I will do it. But you have to let me know. You need to tell me. Because at this point, I realized I never got an impression from the Lord that that's what I should do. I just assumed. And in this lowest of moments, I just felt so much peace. And that's when you know it's from God, right? Is when it's like, you get the contrast of being like, oh man, I I just felt so much peace and love in a way that I have honestly never been expressed to me by any human. And I felt so clearly and so true that who I am is not a mistake. That who I am is not a problem, is not, it's like being gay is not this thorn in my side and I'm going to just have to carry that cross until I 
die and how miserable. That is not what the Lord intended by making me who I am. Being gay, who I am is a part of who I part of who I am. Mm-hmm. It is an aspect of me and the responsibility and that I feel like we all have, but in this moment it hit home. The responsibility I have is not to shun this aspect or try to fight it, but to accept it and to try to understand it and try to and try to magnify who I am, including this part of who I am. And it was just like, oh, it was beautiful. I, it was just like the game changer. It was what I needed because I would not have confidently moved forward without feeling like I had the Lord's support. And so I got the Lord's support in, in that sense. And I feel like, okay, well, the question was, well, now what, you know? What does that mean? How does, what does that mean to magnify who I am, especially this aspect of who I am? And I think a beautiful part of that is to like not hide from it anymore and to not have it be the secret. And so that's what kind of led me to this point of now I'm being out. I love the gospel so much. Like I love church and I love the community it fosters. But if I have the Lord's support, who's going to stand in my way? You know what I mean? I'm, and I feel like that to the, to my core, to my bones, that if I have the Lord's support, who, who is going to oppose me in this? And I was going to like stop me, but who's going to make me feel like I'm making the wrong choice? No one. You know what I mean? No like one. I got God's support. What more can I want? I'm moving forward confidently and like, well, I'm cool. Yeah. Well, and I just want to echo real quick that I think it's okay to get angry at God. I feel like I've moved into multiple wards, which is just like a, a church congregation. And I feel like I'm always bearing my testimony about it's okay to get angry with God. He can handle it. And for me, it's a different time, different situation. But I was in a car once and I'd come out of a therapy session and I'd been talking to my therapist. And finally she was like, are you mad at God for those things that happened? You know, when you were little, are you mad at God about that? I was like, no, you know, I don't get mad at God. Mm-hmm. And I remember going into the car and sitting down and just losing it, bawling, just being like, I am so mad at you right now. I am so mad at you for not intervening. But it's the same thing where I had those intense, angry feelings and I was just swept over with crazy, crazy love and peace. I felt like Heavenly Father was being like, I know, thanks for being real with me for a minute. Like, thanks for admitting to me how you really (laughs) feel. Exactly. Like, let's have an honest conversation. None of this, like Mm -hmm. these and thous, and you're not actually Mm -hmm. focusing on the meat of it. And so I You're just trying to play the part versus be the part. Talk to me. Yeah, yeah. It's like, be connect with me. Don't, don't, don't try to check the box. Yeah. I get that you don't get this and that's okay. But like, talk to me about it, please. Mm-hmm. And I honestly feel like I have so many vibes sometimes where I feel like I'm complaining and I, it's like the same thing with like your, you know, your children or like a niece and nephew where it's like, they want to touch that hot stove and you stop them and they get mad at you. And it's like, Oh, I love you so much. And you'll understand one day. You know what I mean? Not to say our struggles are like, you know, not to say what we're going through is God keeping us from harming ourselves, but I just think he knows more about the situation than we do. For sure. And it's, he probably understands that with limited scope, we're not going to feel the same way he does. You know what I mean? Absolutely. What are some ways to see someone who comes out that they're gay, especially in a super conservative community like this? I can only, this is tough because I can only speak to myself. So when I came out to my family, my mom was, my mom was prepared. So the this Lord, is like the Lord two months pre- ago? Yeah, not too long ago. Oh my like two months ago. Yeah, super recent. So um, I feel like I did a lot of, in, that nine years before has been very integral in getting <laughs> yeah. to this place. I don't want to pretend like it's like, I've come out and I'm great. It's, it's not like, like you no, like no, no, figured no, no. it out like, at 30. There's right? an iceberg down there that you don't see, you know. Yeah. But um, my mom probably handled it the worst. <laughs> and it wasn't bad, actually. Like she, um, very, very devout Christian woman. I love her. She is such a backbone to my family in the spiritual sense, right? Yeah. Is she a member of the church? She is. Christ? She is. Yeah. Um, so I, I came out to her and she was like, 
and what do you want me to do with that information? <laughs> and I was like, dang, mom, be surprised. I don't know. Uh, but she, what she was saying is she, she expressed to me that like the day before she'd been reading her scriptures and she just had the overwhelming feeling that I'm going to be okay. She's like, the Lord just like out of nowhere was just like, don't worry, Stacy's going to be fine. I got him. And so when I came out to her, she wasn't like, she didn't have this roll roller coaster of like, he's going to hell. Or, <laughs> no, my family's ruined and now we'll never have children, you know, no yeah, yeah, grandkids. Yeah. She was just like, I know that the Lord has got you. And, you know, she's expressed her opinion and she, you know, but she's only done it out of like love and led for in like a loving way, trying to understand. And I'm direct enough where I push back if I need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to see someone who comes out as gay, I think in my position, I appreciate talking about it with people. And that's not everyone. And so I, that's a really tough place because it's like, well, do I talk about it? Do I not? But I'll generally broach the topic. And once I, if I touch on it, feel free to grab that like thread and pull because I, talking about it makes me feel less, um, secretive about it. Yeah. Makes it feel less taboo. Makes it feel like, yeah, this is like, I'm recognizing this is something that, that you're experiencing and I may not know about it, but you know, well, I so. feel the same way about, uh, just with any hidden challenge like that, whether it's like pornography, anxiety, mm-hmm. and depression for me for so much of my life, it was, nope, go away, go away, get back under there, go away. You're scary. I don't even want to hear, I don't even want to hear the word depression. It mm-hmm. triggered me, but to finally have a true come to Jesus moment and just lay there on the ground and be like, okay, we have to do this together then. Cause it's yeah. not going away. Yeah. It's not going away. It's crazy how peaceful that is. Oh, man. Even though it's terrifying. Could you imagine being at church and being able to talk about your, your real struggles in a way that doesn't feel like you're going to be judged. You're not embarrassed about. And I really think that is kind of like what I, that's the church I want, right? Yeah. That's the, that's the environment I want. It's not the one where we come in. And I am so sorry if someone feels this way, but I get, when people bear their testimony about, they're like, I was, I was walking home and I stubbed my toe and I wanted to say something strong, but I didn't. And I'm like, that ain't a real struggle. <laughs> that is not a real struggle. I want to hear, I want to hear the struggles with the addictions and how you overcame it. I want to yeah. hear how someone ruined your life and you have come to terms or you're trying to come to terms with forgiving them. Yeah. I want to know those real life human struggles. I don't want to know those surface level bubble lovey struggles. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Where it's like my sister bumped into me into the hallway and I had to say, sorry. I'm like, girl, that ain't, that ain't relatable. Get out of here with that. <laughs> sure. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's, that's, but that's me. And I, and I feel like we're all kind of trying to get there together. You know what I mean? I have a hard time thinking someone's like, no, never. But I think culturally we try to, we're trying to. Well, and it's slow, but I feel like it is shifting. Mm-hmm. I feel it. Do you feel that at all? Do I do. Like a I shift? really do. I really do too. I really do. You know, when it comes to vulnerability, sometimes you have to take that leap of faith. You have to be the one to lead the, lead the conversation. Oh, for sure. I felt that way in my own and congregation. Then, and this is another aspect is like, there's nothing worse than being vulnerable with someone. And then them just observing that and being like, Oh, interesting. The way I feel like human connection grows is you are vulnerable to this degree and they are vulnerable and meet you halfway. It's like, share with me and I'll share with you and we can grow together. There's nothing worse than sharing some aspect. And then people just listen. Cause it feels like you're on a stage and you're being watched and you feel like you're a freak. Yeah. So there's no trust. Yeah. It's like, give me something. If I give you something and, and let's grow closer together. And that is scary and it's hard. Someone's dang, it's beautiful. Yeah. And someone's got to do it. Mm -hmm. Just kind of finish up. If there's someone listening that's struggling because they feel different because they're gay or for any other reason, what do you want to tell them? What would you tell them? So I want, if I can share, I got tons and tons and tons of messages. And there's one message I got that I was like, if nothing, if everyone came at me, came at me with pitchforks and knives and hated me, this one message would have made it worth it. Yeah. And I hope it's, I guess, okay. If I read this, do it. Do okay. it. I got this from Instagram and I removed any names and stuff. 
Hey, I don't know how serious you were about reaching out, but I wanted you to know that I was and am considering suicide and I had the pills and was ready to go when I got a message from a friend saying to read this, referring to my post. I won't say that you completely healed me, but you saved me in a sense and I still don't want to be here. But seeing this post gave me strength to keep going. So you saved me today. And that's not to say I won't try tomorrow, but I did want to thank you. And I know your DMs are probably full, so you don't need to respond. By the way, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I don't know if you still are, but thanks again. I was shooketh. Can you believe that? And I, I will tell you, this is one that just like shook me the most because they're like, I had my pills and I was ready to go. But there were so many messages like that. So many, which is why I was up till 6 a.m. Because I was like, I got to get through these quick because I don't know what's going on with people. But they need to know. And I'm no professional. But what I was telling people, and you'd be surprised how many people reached out that weren't gay. They were just like, I'm struggling with this. Or my someone was like, my mom died and I don't know what to do. Or I am... I'm struggling with depression and anxiety, anything to help me. Uh, and I was like, man, there's a problem, you know? Um, but well, the thing I tell people, and I'm no professional, so I'm not, I told people I can't diagnose your problems. I'm so sorry. But I can let you know that you are freaking loved and needed. We need you here. We need the difference, the beauty and the diversity that you offer to this world. We need it. We need it so much. And whether you know it or not, you are so strong for having, having existed this long and lived this long with, with the struggles that you have or with the struggles that you're facing. And I cannot express how amazing that makes you, how amazing that makes me, how amazing that makes all of us. And I just wish, I just wish, especially when people are coming from a religious background, I just want them to know that God He's, he's aware of us. He is aware and he loves us so much. And it's, it's just important to know that like you are so important and we need you here. And I know it's easy to tell yourself that people might be better off without you or that, um, what you have is, is something that's bad. And it's no, just because people don't understand it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's rare. And that makes it beautiful. That makes it so beautiful. And I just don't know how to, I can't, I can't convey it enough because I feel so strongly about it. Ugh. Come and talk to me. If anyone wants to talk to me, come find me because I would love to just chat with you. He responds. He does. I can witness that. <laughs> I did forget to tell you one, one important thing. Oh, I, I looked up my favorite skit that you're in. Oh no. No, it's been a while since I've watched. One? <laughs> no, I found the just, one. No, I was like, I know what it is. I know what it is because he's dressed up like a chick and he's in a barber shop and it's called Girl Talk. I wrote it down right here. Girl Talk, Rhonda and Bard. Because I don't know what it is about that. Like my husband watched it. He's like, yeah, it's kind of funny. But I was like dying. And you're just like, TMJ. Oh I don't know. Oh, I was just TMJ. Oh, I changed sort of more than that. <laughs> and is that a new guy on there? Dalton, yeah, he is great. He was amazing. And then you see him in real life and you're like, no way. He <laughs> was, does such a good job. He's really good. I was really worried people would see that sketch and be like, mm-hmm. I always knew that about Stacy because that oh, sketch. Oh, right. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I don't think that was. <laughs> it was really fun to do, though. I will say, hills are not comfortable. Because you run at the end, don't you? Yes. You run with heels. I, I feel like I can run in heels. I can't walk in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nor can can one stand in them for long. And we were standing, we were on our feet for like ten hours shooting I, that one sketch. Oh my goodness, those, those two minute sketches take like hours and hours to shoot, like Holy between cow. six to twelve hours. That's crazy. That is crazy. That's mm. nuts. You don't know this about me, but I actually submitted a sketch to be <gasps> to um, Studio C. But it's crazy because that's not what I have thought of doing. Really? Right? Yeah. That's not what I thought. Do you know Yuri Heidrich? Yeah. You do. Okay. So he's a friend of mine. Yuri I is love. the coolest. He's one of the, like, the main editors. Coolest person. I might have him on here. I'm hoping he'll be. He's on cool. Because he's, cool. he's he's a stud and he's really. Uh, 
You just talk to him and you're like, everybody shut up. He's like cerebral just shut intellectual. Up. Yeah, he's super smart. Anyways, no, the only reason I did is because I had a dream. I had a dream and I was in a Studio C sketch and it was about, so I wrote a children's book. Anyways, oh, and I cool. go to kids and talk so to them about cool. self-acceptance and it's mm-hmm. so cool. Anyways, and so I was in it. Anyway, so I woke up and I was like, dude, I'm just submitting it. This is awesome. Anyways, and Yuri was said, he's like, we get a lot of sketches. You know? <laughs> like, I'll see Julie, I'll pass it along. You know, I'm like, it's okay. I feel better just sending it. I hope when Yuri comes that you play that impression of him. Yes, I will. I will. This is not how he sounds. He's an incredibly intellectual, perfect hair. He talks like, hi, Jolie. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's it's hard to get the sketches to the right people because, like, as the writers, it's really hard. Are you writers? Yeah, we're writers and the actors for the show. Well, we were, I guess. Now we're not on doing either. Right. But, um, yeah, it's like if you get a sketch to us, that's your best chance because through other people, it's just like hard. It's just cool. a, lot of, a lot of steps, but cool. Very cool. Why well, have your email now? So you know, yeah, you never know. If I have another dream, you, you know. see me, if you see me sketching, I go on to Studio C. All right, JK Studio. All right, we don't do as many. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's cool. All right, Kate. Hey, thanks again for being on. I love it. Thank you so much. You're the best. Man, I love that guy. At the beginning, I read some notes from some of Stacy's fellow cast members. What Stacy doesn't know is I have one save for last. And I I love it because I think it really exemplifies how I felt just listening back to this episode and the way that Stacy sought to even understand me during this episode. This thought is from James Perry. He says, Stacy is a friend I can absolutely depend on. I know when I need someone to talk to, he will be there for me. He'll be interested and compassionate and I can always trust him. He's just an awesome dude. And I echo that. He is an awesome dude. Amen. And yes, I am sending him that sketch. You better believe I'm doing it, right? He's going to wish he never gave me his email. (laughs) Just kidding. Hey, so in my show notes, I am putting a link to that sketch that I, that's my favorite sketch of Stacy. Oh, you just have to watch it. I don't know why. It just makes me laugh. I'm also going to put a link for their new website, JK Studios. If you love this podcast and you would like to support it, the continuation of it, you can actually do that in three different ways. You just go to my website, www.icupodcast.com and click on support the podcast. And that's where you'll see the three ways you can support, which is buying some cute podcast apparel and getting free shipping. You can also buy any Mary Kay products from there at 25% off. And I think some people think I'm joking. Guys, you don't have to pay full price for Mary Kay makeup and face wash and stuff anymore. You can buy it here for cheaper. And I don't know about you, but I was wearing like wet and wild before Mary Kay. So I know how much a discount helps with that. You can also just straight up donate to the costs of the podcast and the website. You can do all three of those things at www.icupodcast.com and click support the podcast. Next time, we're going to be talking to another beautiful soul about his redemptive journey after losing his four-month-old son to SIDS. And the crazy thing is, he's going to make you laugh so hard, you might cry. And now, Stacy and I are going to send you off the right way. Thanks for listening, everyone. What do you right. say, Dan, again? Oh, you say, thank you. Oh, I thought you were prepping. I was like... No, I was about I, to be done. You see, we see each other. We, <laughs> we see each other right now. So I'll say, my name is Julie Lee. I'll say, my name is Stacey Arkin. I'll say Stephen. <laughs> and we see you. Okay. My name is Julie Lee. My name is Stacy Harkey. And, and we, we see, see you. you.